Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at UASPR.org. This episode is titled, The Difference Between Initiative and Self-Assertion, Responsibility, and Exceptions in Divine Administration. Here is Neon Emerson Chase. Last night, a group of us were reminiscing, some of us old-timers, and we had a new-timer there, too, a recent-timer, I guess you could say, but... We were talking about how when each one of us came to join divine administration, we struggled in our process of giving up our self-made or society-made or parent-made identities to unfold in our own personalities. Boy, what a process to die to self in order to find who we really are in our destinies. When we first came to Aquarian Concepts, we each identified ourselves in a third-dimensional way, whether it was how successful we were, or what a failure we were, or how wealthy, or how poor, or how pretty, or how ugly, or how brilliant, or how stupid, or how powerful, or how powerless, or how victimized and persecuted, or how victorious, or how addicted, or how liberated we were. So some of us came with great, huge egos, and some of us came feeling very, very small and insignificant. Some of our identities were tied up in who we were married to, or who our parents were, or what job we had, or what addiction we had, or what kind of body we had. Some of us identified ourselves as vegetarians. Some of us identified ourselves as Christians or Buddhists or Jews or Muslims or agnostics or atheists. But whatever identities and masks we came with were jerked from us right away. In our process, we kept trying to put those old masks back on because without them, we felt naked insecure, terrified, bruised, resentful, and as if we were losing ourselves. What an ordeal. And many are still in that process of clinging to that old identity of self from the third dimension. The artificial, temporal, self-made identity is born out of self-assertion. The genuine, eternal personality unfolds out of submission to the will of God. Lucifer denied the existence of God, the Universal Father, and rebelled against submitting to him or Michael of Nebadon, who was the first representative of God for the universe of Nebadon. The rebellion against divine administration originated in Lucifer's mind, And he spread it by convincing others, including Caligastia of Urantia, that this was the way to go. And this rebellious way of thinking and doing 
has been the dominant culture on Urantia for 200,000 years. One of the main building blocks of the foundation of rebellion is self-assertion. The Urantia book identifies self-assertion with the rebellion and states self-assertion is in opposition to the will of Michael and to the plans of the Universal Father. The Urantia book relates self-assertion with so-called personal liberty and the sophistries of unbridled liberty and false liberty. In paper 54, Problems of the Lucifer Rebellion, a mighty messenger tells us that true liberty is the associate of genuine self-respect. False liberty is the consort of self-admiration. True liberty is the fruit of self-control. False liberty, the assumption of self-assertion. Self-control leads to altruistic service. Self-admiration tends towards the exploitation of others for the selfish aggrandizement, which often results then in dial power, possessing unjust power over others. Self-absorption is part of self-assertion, and in their self-absorption, Individuals tend to exploit others in order to get their own agenda <laughs> accomplished. To survive in our artificial identities of the third dimension, we participate daily in self-assertion, which results in unhappiness and confusion. The Urantia book states that self-assertion is a delusion that harbors the doctrine of discontent and the calling of chaos. Thus, individuals are in reality enslaved in their selfishness under the auspices of personal liberty. True liberty results when individuals are liberated from their self-absorption. Then they can act from their personality circuitry rather than from their selfish identities and act on initiative rather than from self-assertion. The Urantia book indicates that any progress in a civilization depends upon the initiative of its citizens. Slavery to tradition and overdevelopment of an institution with too many rules and regulations can stifle initiative. Yet, there must be some rules and procedures. So it is a balance and it's a discernment that is needed. The Urantia book also relates initiative to adventure, curiosity, imagination, intelligence, sagacity, and sincerity. Jesus wished to stimulate initiative in the originality of living. On page 2078, the Midwayer state Freedom or initiative in any realm of existence is directly proportional to the degree of spiritual influence and cosmic mind control. That is, in human experience, the degree of the actuality of doing the Father's will. Interesting. Cosmic mind control. 
is doing the Father's will. Jesus required that his followers take initiative. On page 1770, we're told that Jesus said, when an enemy smites you on one cheek, do not stand there dumb and passive, but in positive attitude, turn the other. That is, do the best thing possible actively to lead your brother in error away from the evil paths into the better ways of righteous living. In other words, take the initiative to provide an opportunity for someone in error to change their minds and make a higher choice. The midwayers say, go on to say, that the turning of the other cheek or whatever act may typify, that may typify, demands initiative, necessitates vigorous, active, and courageous expression of the believer's personality. So the idea of turning the other cheek does not necessarily mean that you stand there dumbly and then allow the person to slap you on the other cheek. It means taking initiative and providing an opportunity for that person to make a higher choice. I want you this week to talk among each other at work or when you're just socializing. What are some of those other options? What does it mean to turn the other cheek? What could be some of those opportunities that you could provide for someone who comes up and slaps you in the face or calls you a name or something similar to that. Peter, in his sermon to the 70 apostles and disciples after their ordination by Jesus, listed six virtues that these people should cherish and initiative was one of those virtues. And Peter attached zeal and intelligent enthusiasm to taking initiative. Good old David Zebedee is a great example of one of Jesus' disciples who took initiative, but he didn't act from self-assertion. The Urantia book tells us that all of his wonderful work was from his own initiative. He created his jobs. He created all of his functions. He wrote his own job descriptions by seeing what was needed. But he only implemented his ideas after counseling with and gaining approval from one of his elders, one of the apostles. So each time David, he was like an entrepreneur, and each time he had another idea and another job that he wanted to do, he'd go to one of the apostles first and let them know. And what do you think about that? Do you think I should go ahead and do that? And if they gave the okay, he'd go for it. David Zebedee operated out of selflessness, out of his personality circuitry. He was not at all concerned about position with Jesus or prestige or getting credit for all of the great ideas he had or the work that he did. He just saw situations where he was needed and rolled up his sleeves 
and jumped in. He felt a responsibility as a disciple of Jesus to participate in the ministry. He didn't just sit back and enjoy getting all the perks from being the brother of two of the apostles and often being in Jesus' presence. He had a sense of responsibility, and he didn't feel exempt from ministering because he wasn't specifically assigned something to do. Instead, he found something to do, and there was much to do. Now that's an example of taking initiative. I highly recommend that you read about David Zebedee in the Urantia book and see how this young man, and he was very young, I think he was, what, in his um, 19 or 20, something like that. He was an amazing individual. The Urantia book indicates several types of responsibility within divine administration. There is responsibility for your specific functions that are assigned to you. Then there is a personal moral responsibility that begins on the seventh psychic circle when you, usually as a little child, begin to determine between right and wrong. There is the responsibility of ethics, a duty to others, serving others rather than serving self. There is your responsibility before God that comes before your false sense of obligation to the fabrications of society, your sense of false obligation to your family or friends, or job in the third dimension. And as you ascend, you begin to experience another type of responsibility. The Urantia book calls it a cosmic or spiritual responsibility, which encompasses coming into your cosmic mind. False liberty tricks a selfish person into prioritizing individual ease and personal freedom from responsibility into first place. True liberty embraces all five types of responsibility. Responsibility in job functions, personal moral responsibility, responsibility of ethics, responsibility before God, and cosmic or spiritual responsibility. How do we get out of our selfish, false identities and move into our personalities in God's destiny for us? How do we move from self-assertion and egotism into taking initiative in God's will? Through seeking God and striving for a growing relationship with Him. A Melchizedek tells us in the paper entitled Foundations of Religious Faith that genuine religious experience never conveys the slightest impression of self-assertion or egoistic exaltation. True religion force is not a personal prerogative, but a God prerogative. That's another thing I want you to think about and talk about in your comings and goings this week. What is personal prerogative and God prerogative? I want to close with a Taoist saying. 
The Supreme guides and directs, but without self-assertion. He ministers progression, but without domination. What exactly does that mean to each one of us here in our own daily walk? I also want you to think about this week some examples of self-assertion that you have seen in yourself in the last month or two. We've all done it. And for heaven's sakes, we're programmed that way. That's how the dominant culture does it. If we can begin to identify those specific times when we assert ourselves, it helps us begin to move more into taking the initiative rather than the self-assertion. So I would like you to jot down some of those examples that you see where you have participated in self-assertion. And then I want you to begin to look around at others around you, those that you feel do take initiative. And think of those individuals and the specific examples and times when they have taken the initiative. Not being self-assertive, but taken the initiative. Because they can inspire you by their example and model to take the initiative. Sometime this week, during your, your meal, if you would have a discussion of that and share, have people share, especially honoring those and naming those people and examples of when they have taken self-initiative. And then sharing not what when others have been self-assertive, but when you have been self-assertive. All right. Thank you very, very much. And we all have examples of taking the initiative, and we also have examples of being self-assertive. Thank you. Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org.